0: Let's just pray for a moment before we start. Encourage you to just ask, ask the Lord to open your heart to receive all that he has for you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. And that you change our lives, you transform us, and you come in by your power. And we are not alone because you are with us. I ask, Lord, this morning, as we just come around what you are doing, that you'll touch our hearts, you'll excite us, you'll expand our thinking for all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I want to start this morning with a story of a lady in our community in Penland uh, called Blodwyn, but we all called her Blod. And uh, Blodwin, she lived alone. Her family lived at a different part um, of the country, and uh, she was a little bit lonely, and she, did, she walked past her... Uh, she walked in the post office one day, and there was an advert... Uh, for IT for the Terrified at Cornstone Church in Penland. And she thought, oh, I'd love to learn how to use my computer. I could order my groceries online. And uh, she was in her sort of mid to late 70s. So she came along to one of our projects, IT for the Terrified, learned how to use a computer. She loved that so much. She joined Camera Club um, at our other building. And gradually she started to feel maybe um, she now had friends, she had a community, but maybe she would try church. And one week she'd had two friends die in the same week and she'd gone to get her Sunday paper and as she walked past our building in Penland she could hear the band rehearsing and she could hear the music and she thought you know maybe I'll just go in this week and she said she came into the car park and she put her foot on the first step um, going up into our building and then suddenly felt I can't I can't do this I probably won't know anyone and at that moment the door opened and two of the young men who were on internship who'd done the IT for the terrified were On the door. They're like, Hi, Blood, come on in. So she came in, and as time went on, she made friends. She went on alpha, and she went on alpha again. She found the Lord. She became a Christian, and she had friends and she had belonging in the church. But at the same time, she had many healing needs. And so she had a really painful arthritis in her right arm, and she'd been deaf for 30 years. And these are some of the things that happened to her. And this is Blood. She's passed away now, but we did a little film, and uh, this is. I mean, she can talk for Wales, so the film is like 25 minutes long, so I don't have to preach this morning at all. Um, but actually, this is just a two-minute clip, and so it's a little clip of what happened when friends prayed for her in the church. The first story is Julian praying for him. the second time uh, she was just behind a few of us, we turned and prayed for her, and this is what happened next.
1: My hands were very bad. My right hand was strapped up, and I also had a contraption to stop it from closing when I was sleeping. And I had to wear it every night, which was most uncomfortable. Lucky I was sleeping on my own, because I've knocked somebody out. Anyway, um, I had healing. John told me why didn't I go and see Julian. And Julian prayed for me. And I came home, and the pain went. But the swelling was still there. So the following Sunday, I went to church. He asked me where my hand was, and I said, well, the pain's gone, but I said, the swelling's still there. And then over two Sundays, the swelling went. You can see for yourself, I can knit, I can cook, I can clean, I can do anything. I haven't told the specialist, but I told my doctor, because he asked me where my strap was. And of course, my hearing, which came back. And as you can see, I don't wear a hearing aid anymore. And um, I came back from church, as I say, they prayed for me generally. And I sat down, put the news on, and then I was watching it. And then all of a sudden something hap- was happening in my head, behind my ears. It was like someone, can't describe it, like someone pour the only way I can describe it is somebody pouring water. And like all pins and needles, it was a very weird sensation. And then everything started crackling and my ear felt as if it wanted to pop. And all of a sudden I had to take my hearing aid out because I couldn't stand it. And I thought, oh, I can hear the television. And then the television was so loud I had to turn it down because for almost a week everything was echoing. I could hear everything. Well, I went to church on the Sunday and there was... They've got the screen in front of you. I'm always in the front, because I'm so short. And I can see the screen for the words. I mean, I didn't need it, because the music the music was loud. And normally, if I took my hearing aid out, it was just like as if they're in another, another part of the building. But that's the most amazing thing. I mean, everything has been amazing, because I thought I'd been crippled with my hand.
0: Isn't that amazing? That's, oh. So One um, just a few weeks before Christmas, when Blod was 83, she had, she had been ill for a while and she had pneumonia. She was just a little old lady by then. And we went to visit her and sat on her bed. I remember showing her the film we'd made for the Christmas service because she loved all the young people. And as we talked with them and prayed with her, she was so excited to go home to heaven, so excited. She'd found a family here on earth. And now she was like, entering into eternity with full confidence. And we sat with her and the nurse said, it's time to go now. And as we left, within the hour, she passed safely into heaven. And it just changed my thinking really about, you know, with healing, that here she was in her 80s, totally healed of 30 years deafness, healed of um, arthritis in in her arm and other things. And it's just amazing. And so I want to talk a little bit today about us, you know, this is a year to grow, growing in our understanding and practice of healing, that we continue to grow in that. And um, this morning, if you have aches or pains or something wrong, just put your hand, if you can, where it is and say, Lord, heal me this morning. Because as faith is activated, you may find that God will heal you here and now this morning. So when we started out in ministry, we always prayed for people for healing and always seen people healed. But over the years, we found it suddenly increased more and more and more and more till almost every person being prayed for was being healed. And so we decided to set up healing cafes, and the purpose of healing cafes was so that at a local church, all the congregation could be trained in how to pray for healing, and then invite their friends, neighbours, anyone along to a cafe setting, have a coffee, hear testimonies, get prayed for, and so it was kind of taking the church service out of it. Especially, I think, for some of us as Christians, we've had a history that only people only get healed if you've been in a very long meeting with two hours of worship and a preach and then hours of praying and that might happen but we found people being healed with one prayer and so we did the healing cafe to take it to the moment of prayer and so that started to happen all over Wales and as we trained people all over Wales churches that had congregations of 30 or 12 or small congregations they just lit up all over Wales and the healing testimonies started pouring in and it showed that people who can get healed anytime anywhere any place. It's the power of Jesus that heals people, not being in a service. And so we started to collect people's stories. And I remember in the early days, we did it kind of like a newspaper style. And we started collecting all the stories in, so we had evidence. But in the end, there were so many people being healed, we just stopped writing it all down because it was becoming like every day. But what we do do, whenever we travel around, we always take a phone or an iPad and film someone's testimony after. And so I'm going to show you a few healing testimonies um, from the healing cafe. And this first clip I'm going to show you is, um, it was mostly People had no faith and a friend had brought them along. They hadn't encountered Jesus yet, but the first thing they encountered was their healing. And um, yeah, and then the second, I'll explain the second clip after. So let's look at this first clip. In this one, I think everybody in the clip at the time had not yet become a Christian, but they'd encountered the power of Jesus. So let's watch this one.
1: Hi, my name's is John. Um, we've come about an hour and twenty minutes from a place called the near Krakow. Mm-hmm. Within the first few seconds after Julian talking, my neck is completely, uh, completely recovered. I I've just to say how it's bad. I play two or three hours tennis a day with my eldest boy who's training to be a professional, and I've just come from playing a four and a half hour match in Glenestly, and my shoulder was absolutely throbbing. And like I say, within about, it's, it's totally, totally gone. I've had it for three or four weeks very very bad uh, but just kind of accepted that that I'm old and that's the way it is and I say now it's fine um, but no it's it's, it's it's absolutely 100% weird yeah I haven't been able to do that like that with no pain right. my name's Steve I came here tonight because
0: there was healing going on I thought I'd have a go at it uh, I've actually got a broken ankle is I got 10 plates, 10 screws, 39 staples all my ankle together. I lost my whole ankle bone outside my foot from an injury off a ladder two
1: years ago. could can hardly walk, can't run, life-changing. And tonight I've been healed and I, I can actually walk properly. I've got no pain
0: whatsoever and hopefully I won't have any more for the rest of my life. So thank God for helping me. Hello, I'm Diane. Uh, I came here this evening and uh, not really knowing what to expect but uh, when um, the conditions were called out and uh, mine was for the upper arm and the shoulder here and uh, I've had this condition for so many years Uh, I've had physiotherapy, I've had acupuncture
1: uh, nothing has touched me and now uh, I can move, it's this That
0: movement, I couldn't do it before. And I can actually do it. It's beautiful.
1: No pain. Wonderful. Now I can actually do that. I couldn't do that without an awful lot of pain before. It's there. I can't get over it. Look at
0: that. Look at it. Fabulous. Fabulous. It's a wonderful thing when you pray for people and see all their pain go. I believe God's going to heal joints this morning. So if you have pain in your joints, just put your hand where it hurts and just say, Lord, heal me now, heal me this morning. I believe he's going to heal joint pain. Now this next little clip obviously when you're doing a healing cafe and you're inviting all your non-christian friends all the christians are going well i'd like to be healed too and so then you know we pray for everyone and then the christians pray for each other and this next clip um we've got uh, jane's father here dave and he had um ankle pain that was really severe and he got healed he's been absolutely uh you know it's totally healed this is four years ago the clip and um it's just it's important to know that and then also our very own jeff who's on car park duty today he's in the next one, and he had pain and was uncomfortable. He couldn't lift his arms without pain. And uh, I rang him yesterday, and I said, "How's it been? Because this clip is like you know four years ago. He said, "I'm down the gym twice a week, pumping iron now. <laughs> He's just totally healed." So uh, this is a next clip of a few stories, and the last story in this with this lady really, really touches me every time. So this is a slightly longer clip. Let's enjoy this, and while we enjoy it, if people. A healed of something that you have pain in. Ask Jesus to heal you. Here we go. My name is Dave. Um,
1: I have a badly damaged uh, left ankle. Uh, it's been uh, I've dislocated at least three or four times when I was younger. Um, it's very sore. Usually I can't
0: drive. Um, I have cortisone injections in it. I'm also on uh, quite a, a large number of drugs to kill the pain. Um, it's, it's always sore. But today I sprayed fun and it's strong. The soreness is gone and the pain do gone completely.
2: My name is Cathy and I had an accident seven weeks ago and I smashed my shoulder against a um, fencing. And I, It's been very, very sore. It's been very cold. I've been able to move and I had healing tonight and I've moved my shoulder and do loads of things with it and it is absolutely brilliant and I thank the Lord for it. I also had a big lump in my stomach from the painkillers that i have been taking and the lump is just gone. It's just totally, totally gone. And I thank God.
1: Thank you. Hi, my name is Linda and I have received healing this evening um, in my spine, which has caused me a problem for the last 15, 20 years. Um, I was in agony earlier when I was preparing the teas, and I had to sit down, which isn't like me very often. Um, I also have an ankle problem. broke my ankle a few years ago in three places. I have plates and pins on in it, and in the cold weather, it's very stiff, very painful. And that as well has completely gone. The pain is gone. To be pain-free for the first time in 20 years is absolutely, I feel like, jumping to the moon and back. I'm Jeff. I came this evening to uh, receive uh, prayer for healing. Uh, I've had uh, discomfort in both my upper arms and I received prayer to tonight. Um, full movement, no pain, nothing. Praise the Lord. I've done this before without any discomfort. Now I've had no pain, no discomfort,
2: nothing whatsoever. Completely pain free. Hi, my name is um I had uh, I have a um, a condition called scoliosis, and I have a mess as well. And the scoliosis is a curvature of my spine, and it, it my spine curves in two different directions in the spine, and it makes a little hump on my back, and um, makes it very difficult for me to basically I don't sleep well because I can't lay straight. Um, My back doesn't want to let me lay straight, so I'm up and down a lot in the night. And um, so one night, um, my husband and I were just going to bed, and um, he rolled over and I did, and then all of a sudden he rolled back over to me and he said, "Renee, I just I feel like I got a word that I have to pray for that hump on your back," which made me laugh because I thought, "Well, you've never mentioned my hump before, so I just kind of where'd that come from?" He says. I don't know. He says it just popped into my head, and I just feel like I need to pray for your, for this the hump on your back. So I said, well, go for it. <laughs> so anyway, he prayed for it, and um, and then I just rolled over and we went to sleep. And then in the night, I just had this incredible dream that everybody was celebrating because my back was healed. And in the morning, when I woke up, um, usually I can't. I have to get up early because again my back's bothering me so much and in the morning I woke up and I went, oh I'm not hurting, you know, it's like I don't feel like I have to get up. So then I moved in a different direction to see a direction I know I can't lay in and I didn't feel anything and then I sat up real quickly because usually I would sit up like a little old lady, I could hardly sit And, and I had no pain and then I just stood up really fast and when I stood up really fast, I felt like I was a young lady. And then I ran to the middle of the bedroom, and I just started doing all these different moves to make myself hurt, (laughs) and I couldn't hurt. And I just woke Chris up at that point, and I just went, Chris, Chris, look at my back. I don't feel anything, I can move. (laughs) Since then, it's continued to be well. I can work again. Um, I I couldn't stay in sitting positions long. Um, I couldn't stay in a bent position very long, but I can work, and it doesn't bother me. I have no limitation in my movement, and every week, it's people keep asking me, how's it feel? I said, I'm still healed. I'm still doing fine, so I'm praising God.
0: isn't it amazing just seeing people healed like that and when you're with them I would say recently we've been praying for people who've had conditions 20 30 years and um, sometimes people say I've given up praying but let's not give up so it's a year to grow and let us grow in our understanding and practice of healing And so I'm just going to look at four quick steps this morning so that we, I'm not going to go into like huge detail this morning. This is like a, okay, how do we, how do I grow in my understanding and practice of healing? So number one is this. Number one is to learn. Next slide. That's it. So number one, learn all you can about healing. And we have done so many talks on healing in this church. If you go to our website, uh, if you go back one, sorry, Alex, go back. Now, on our new website, it'll say talks. And when you go to the talks page, the little bit ringed in red says talk archive available. And when you click on that, it goes through to the old site with all the talks on there. So if you go through now, and this is just a smattering of some of the talks that we've done on healing, healing one, healing three, healing 12, the gift of healing, mission and healing, keep it real healing. And so I would encourage you, go on go to the archive and start listening to the talks on healing that you develop your understanding. And that's really important. Some of those talks will take a whole topic over 40 minutes and explain it in depth. So if we want to, a year to grow and next year, let us learn and go back and start listening to these talks again. Number two, when we're thinking about healing... The simplest thing to do, an easy place to start, is to look at Jesus to understand healing. And so when we have questions about healing, we go into the Bible and we look through the Gospels and you see in the Gospels the true life stories, next one, the true life stories, that's it. So, here's some of the stories that we know about the familiar Jairus being raised from the dead, the woman reaching out to the hem of his garment, the friends who tore up a roof to let their friends down. And as we know, page after page after page, when we start to read through the Gospels, there are stories of Jesus healing. And this shows us that Jesus has a heart to heal, and he is our example. Let me give you just a few verses from Matthew. And so, in Matthew's Gospel, it says, Jesus went through all The towns and villages. You imagine being in the next village just waiting for Jesus to come, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Next one. Moving on from there, Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee, went up a mountain, sat down. Crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. They were all healed. Jesus has the power to heal and he wants to heal. Another one, Matthew 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. I love this. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. When well, you just imagine that picture. Jesus getting out of a boat and all the crowd are there already. And instead of thinking, oh, I thought I'd have a lunch break. You know, he gets out of the boat and he says, he had compassion on them. And that compassion led him to heal the sick. And one of my favorite stories is about the leper that came to Jesus. And in those days, if you had a skin disease or you were a leper, no one was allowed to touch you. You were an outcast. And he, so the leper couldn't live a normal life, but also he lacked physical, human touch of anyone wanting to come near. And then he encountered Jesus. And he said to Jesus, I know if you are willing. And it's like Jesus got cross at the thought that he wouldn't be willing. And he said, I am willing, be healed. Let's look at the verse. Next slide. A man with leprosy came to him, begged him on his knees, if you are willing, Jesus, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. This is, he wasn't like cross with the man for interrupting. He was indignant and thought he wouldn't be willing. He reached out his hand and touched the man. This was so radical, to reach out and touch a leper. And you can think of all the people watching, wondering if now Jesus was gonna catch the skin disease because Jesus is the one with the power. His power floods into the man, not the other way around, and the man is healed. I am willing, he said, Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And I want us to take this on board that at the very, very simplest with healing, that when we believe like a child, like Jesus said, the kingdom belongs to such as these, that we can have faith and believe him. When we ask that question, Jesus, can you, will you? He is willing he is more than willing. So when we're looking at healing, learn more about it. But number two, look at the life of Jesus. Healing on every page, and he is willing. Whenever we have doubts come in our mind, we always need to challenge those doubts, whatever they are, with scripture. Am I loved? Do I belong? Am I worthwhile? What is this life all about? We challenge these like self deceptions or worries or anxieties with what scripture says about us. We belong, we are loved, there is a purpose, we belong to Him. And the same with healing. We go back to scripture and we look at Jesus. He had compassion, He healed the sick, every disease. I am willing. And number three is understanding the kingdom. Now, Matthew, can you just bring this little bag up here for me? And that'd be great. So this is a Nutshell Kingdom Training, but our dear friend Bruce Collins, he has written this book that explains all about the kingdom and power. I really encourage you, this is like the best textbook but easy to read. It's £10. I have eight copies. If you have £10 this morning, you can buy one off me. If you can do money on your phone, you can buy one off me. And so get the last eight that I've got, and this will be an in depth study. If you want to understand healing, get this book, devour it, put it into practice. They're here at the front. I'll be standing there with a purse. Okay, so number three. This is like understanding the kingdom in a nutshell. So the kingdom is about the rule and reign of God. And when we were singing in the worship this morning, we're actually singing about the tension of the rule and reign of God, but living in a world of battles. We've been singing about it all morning. And so the rule and reign of God, where do we see that? In the book of Genesis, we see in the garden, God rules and he reigns and it is perfect. And he says, this is good. It is all good and it is all well. And when we look at the garden, we see God's intention for the world, that everything was good, people walked in his presence and there was no sickness. Then we know that because of the fall, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, they rebelled against God's rule and reign and, and like submitted themselves to the devil. And sickness and... Um, Death came into the world because of that uh, that, uh, rebellion. And so, because of that rebellion, suddenly the world is broken. Then we look over this side. So in the beginning, we've got the garden. Everything's perfect, the rule and reign of God. Now, because of the fall, we live in a broken world. It's broken. Everything is intention. Nature itself and man and woman, intention, waiting. And then over here, we have heaven. And heaven is God's perfect rule and reign in heaven. And we see it's beautiful. And in Revelation 21.4, it says, There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And this is God's perfect kingdom, his reign and rule in perfection. Okay? So we've got the garden and we've got heaven. And here we are in the middle. We're in the middle of this. And the good news is that in the in-between, in this fallen world Jesus came into this world to bring the message and the good news of the kingdom and Jesus came in with the kingdom now with the kingdom of God God's rule and reign it's more it's it's, it's more than just our personal salvation which is amazing and brilliant it's bigger than that it's about God's rule and reign coming it's about his kingdom being established so it's a bigger picture than just me and Jesus Is the kingdom coming? Now, when Jesus came and he taught of good news of the kingdom, do you remember in the Lord's Prayer, he says this? Let's go to the next slide. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, his rule and reign. May your will be done. That is God's rule and reign, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is the tension. Jesus came into the world. He brings the good news of the kingdom. The signs of that are seen in healing and miracles and in Jesus' teaching. But we're still in a fallen world. So there's that tension of here, but not fully here. It's like now and next. The tension of being in a fallen world, but the kingdom of God on earth. And so that now and not yet, so it's here in the present, but it's also in the future. It's here, but it's coming. Now, the best way I can explain it is this. I was thinking yesterday, I was saying to Julian, I'm struggling to explain this. And I woke up this morning, and I was like, yes, this, I think this will make it clear. It's like Christmas. Now, is Christmas here? It is kind of here we're in a Christmas season. Who's already put their tree up? Confess. Yes. You look so like, you know, yes. So, so Christmas is coming. Now we know Christmas in its fullness as in Christmas day, the 25th of December is not here yet. And in the same way with the kingdom, when Jesus comes back and there's a new heaven and a new earth, everything is made perfect and his rule and reign is total. And that is the kingdom come, but the kingdom is coming. So it will come, but it's coming. And it's the same with Christmas. I drove through Swansea the other night and the lights are up. Very conservative little lights, aren't they? But, you know, at least well something. But the lights are up and the trees are up. We drive past people's houses as the occasional tree. We can see it. And so we're in a Christmassy season. Now, wouldn't it be weird if somebody said, well, I, no, I can't. Don't offer me a mince pie. I cannot eat a mince pie until the 25th of December when it's Christmas. Do you see So it's a Christmassy season. There's evidence of the season. There's Christmas parties. There's celebrations. We've got our own party. There's the lights up. We're enjoying the fruits of the season and the season is coming. We're in the season and there's a day that will come that it's actually Christmas day. Do you get me? Okay. It's the same with the kingdom. There we go. That was easy. So we live in this fallen world. The kingdom has come. It's here, but not fully here until Jesus returns. So we can live in the benefits of it now. One of those benefits obviously is our salvation. That is a benefit that Jesus came, defeated death, and now we can have a relationship with him. There's other benefits of the cross. That when Jesus died, he died for our sickness as well as our sin. And this is part of the kingdom of God. That when we pray for one another and all those testimonies we've seen, and on my laptop, I got dozens more. On Jesse's laptop, you got dozens and dozens. We don't know what to do with all these stories. That we could sit here for hours watching them. It's amazing. And so let us live in expectation, and live in this season. Now, sometimes with a season, I remember years ago when my mother died in February, but she was very, very ill. She started dying sort of over Christmas. And I remember going to look after her, and I would drive down every weekend. She lived 250 miles away. And by this time, she she is... um, She was on her own because my my father had left. So she's on her own. So me and my twin brother, he would come down from London. I would come down from Swansea on separate days of the week to look after her. And I remember her um, giving me money and a list to go around Chichester and buy presents for the family. So I walked around Chichester and it was the Christmas season. So suddenly there's the wrapping paper and there's the lights and it's all Christmassy. I remember walking around Chichester with this list. I can remember standing at a counter in Marks and Spencers buying my brother a shirt and just crying. I just, I just stood there crying. It was such a painful season. Anyway, she died in the February. I found the next year, once it passes Halloween and November the 5th, all the Christmas stuff starts coming in the shop. There's evidence of the season. But I, found, I couldn't understand why I was so sad. I hadn't recognized that the signs of the season were making me sad. Now this is why sometimes healing is painful for people. So we need to glory in the fact that wow we're in the season. This is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, his rule and reign is here among us but not perfected yet. But sometimes we have pain in the mix because of previous experience. So for me, those first few Christmases, it took me a while to kind of figure out that it was all the Christmas stuff around the shop. So I, basically, I stopped going shopping until I kind of got over it after a few years. And I just stopped going around the shop. So I didn't expose myself to that. But wouldn't it be sad if that, if I was still like that now, 20 years later, if I still live like that now, 20 years later, And what is important for us, if we have had disappointment in the area of healing, it's not to let it spoil the season that we are in, but to recognize that God is here to heal us from the most painful things and to heal our hearts from what has happened in our lives and not to hold back. Once, June and I, we went to a conference, and we were just seeing so many people healed. We arrived at this conference, there was a lady sat in front of us, who we'd met some years before on another conference. She's in quite a high-up job, and we had a chat with her, and she she had such a severe condition that if she had another attack of this condition, she would die, and we said, well, it's just like a God thing that we're here. We haven't seen each other for years. Here we are sat behind you. We're seeing all this healing. Let's just pray for you. And she said, no, thanks. I can't risk the disappointment. That's sad. So my last point, number four, is courage. Let us have spiritual sight and take courage. And not let disappointment put us off. Let's not be like the person who can't celebrate Christmas till Christmas Day. But actually, we enjoy the fruit of the season. And it's a little bit like this. Once there was a village, and in the village, everybody got poorer and poorer and poorer because the king had died. And when they buried him, somebody had locked the door by mistake. And the door to the palace was a huge door, giant door. And it was there in the middle of the village, but nobody could open the door. And they knew the riches were behind it. And they tried everything. They tried battering the door down. They tried rubbing oil on the hinges. They tried everything they could. They tried soaring into it. And eventually, they just tried ignoring it. And they would walk past the door every day and knew everything they needed was behind it. But They started to just ignore the door was there because no one could open it. And then one day, there was a little boy And the little boy said, "'Dad, what's that door for?' He said, "'Son, there's the riches that could change our life, "'but they're all stuck behind the door. "'Can no one open that door?' said the little boy. "'No one at all. No one's been there for years. Don't go near it.'" But the little boy, after dinner, crept to the door. And there was leaves on the steps and cobwebs. And underneath all the the leaves, he found a little box. And he opened the box, and in the box was a tiny little key. And he started searching on the door. And there, just the height of a little boy, was a tiny little keyhole that no one had seen. And the little boy put the key in and turned it, and the doors swung open. And the village was saved because there was treasure inside. In our lives, that little key is faith. Believe in Jesus believe in everything he has brought us, understand his kingdom, have courage, don't let the past hold you back, but take that little key of faith, the hope of things not yet seen, and put it in the door and the whole kingdom opens up to us because of the faith that we have in Jesus some years ago, Shan and I, well, I say some years ago, many, many years ago, Sean and I trained as aerobics instructors. Now, in those days, we were skinny and fit. I mean, you're still quite skinny, Sean. And we trained as aerobics instructors because, why did we do this? Because we were passionate to reach our community for the Lord. And so aerobics was a big thing at the time. And we kind of looked around the church, and it was like either us or Julian and Rob, really, wasn't it? So um, we went and trained as aerobics instructors. And then we would go and do aerobics and start to reach people in our community. I can remember doing aerobics in um, Penland Community Centre. And all these young... It was, this particular one was like a young girls' project. And all the mums would come in and they would sit on the side smoking all the way through my aerobics class. And I would be like grapevine and everything in a cloud of smoke. So, yes. Um, and so thankfully, you know, they then built a leisure centre next to our Penland building. We were like, oh, phew, there we are. We can You took up cooking and I took up sitting down. <laughs> and, um... So, you know, we were like reaching the community with this. Now, when you do any, any kind of sports fitness, you have to keep training. And we went on a training thing. We're on this training thing. We were the only girls, really, in a room full of men. And I remember one guy just trying to show off. And I was, we were doing these exercises on a bench. And he threw a medicine ball for me to catch, just as a joke. And as I caught it, my neck snapped back. And I ended up with a very, very severe whiplash injury in the top two vertebrae. It was so bad that uh, I I went home normally. I didn't realise what I'd done. It was only the next morning in the shower and I put my head back to wash the shampoo off. I could hear this screaming. And Julian ran into the bathroom. And I was like, where's that screaming coming from? He said, it's you. And I was in so much pain, I didn't realize. And so you know, I got dressed, he took me to the hospital. It took several guys, because I was in so much pain, I couldn't move, to put me on a, like a trolley to go and have an x-ray and everything. And I could, just, I could, I could hear this horrible moaning. I didn't realize it. it was me, I was in such pain. And they found that this whiplash injury, they thought I'd been in a terrible car crash. And um, so long story short, they they really couldn't do anything for me. It left me... Um, like partially disabled, all down my right side, I couldn't. I had no feeling in this arm. I remember going to one specialist, and he put pins in this side of my body. I couldn't feel it. you said you got the mobility of an 83-year-old woman. I, c- I loved to decorate and paint. I couldn't paint anymore. Cause I Couldn't use this arm, um, and and my neck. At home, I had a neck collar. I feel like you know, Doc Martin, that that woman in the chemist. It's really annoying. It's like wearing a neck collar all the time. Well, that was me. I was like the woman in the neck collar. But sometimes when I went out, I would chance taking off. But in the house, I had to wear a neck collar to support me. It was, was, this went on year after year after year. Uh, If the children ran up to... To hug me. I, I was like, slow down, slow down. So they could just hug me. Uh, if we went out in the car and Julian just went over a bump in the car, um, if it jolted my neck, it would go into spasm and, and I would be in pain for days and days and days. Couldn't work, couldn't go to the gap. It was really horrible. This went on for years. And obviously we prayed and we asked other people to pray. And I remember one day just sat on the settee with Julian and I said, you know, this is so bad. I, the thought of living to like I'm 80 in this kind of pain—I just that—that that is just—I I just can't bear the thought of what, how you know, what what? How can I I, I can't manage. I can't live my life. It's so hard. Anyway, one day. We had a healing meeting with Julian's friend from Bible College, Sam Larby. And he came along and he's preaching on healing. And I was sat in the front there, uh, like where Adam is. And uh, then he said, right, we're going to do healing now. We're going to pray for the sick. And so if anyone here has anything wrong, just stand up. And I thought, well, I won't stand up because I'm the kind of person that doesn't get healed. So I won't stand up. I've been prayed for a million times. I'm the person that doesn't get healed. So I would just sit down. And the kids were all sat around me going, stand up, stand up, Mum! stand up. Mum, stand up. For goodness sake, stand up. And they, they couldn't live with it anymore either. They're like, stand up. So in the end, I stood up just to stop them going on. So anyway, uh, Sam picked me out straight away and as other people stood up and he prayed for me. Nothing happened. And he prayed for me. Nothing happened. He prayed for me. Nothing happened. He prayed for me. So after like the fifth time, I, I'm standing there obediently, but very aware because we were leading the church that this is not doing a great, Job for the faith of the congregation behind me, and I'm feeling in in myself, I was thinking, Sit down, sit down, you're ruining the meeting. Sit down, oh, sit down, this is terrible. Oh, sit down, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I I was just, it was just horrible. But Sam wouldn't get out, he kept praying, he kept praying. On the seventh time when he prayed, I suddenly felt something. I just, I can't describe it, but I kind of felt something. I thought, I'm going to get healed. I just, I I knew, and then he prayed the, the seventh time. And it felt like I'd had a big, tall guy like Kieran stood on my shoulders for years. That's what it felt like. It felt like a, a big, tall guy just got off my shoulders finally. And it was like, I felt so light. I was all healed. I had mobility back, had no pain. I can use this arm, as you can see. And, and I was totally healed, praise God. It's amazing. Totally healed. And I, when you've experienced it yourself, as well as seeing it in other people... You know Jesus says I am willing I want to it is a little key of faith so let's pray Lord I thank you for every person and those videos we've watched who you have healed by your power I thank you Lord that you sacrificed to come into this world To bring change for us, I thank you that you did that. I thank you, Lord, that you are more than willing to heal. You want to heal our bodies. I thank you, Lord, that we can live in the fruit of the season. We need to open our thinking. I pray you open our thinking now, like the little boy finding the key. You open our thinking, that we don't have to wait for Christmas Day, but we are in the season. I pray, Lord, that you release your power as you open our minds. I pray, Lord, you will heal us from every disappointment that holds us back. Lord, I thank you for healing my neck. I thank you for healing my stomach. I thank you for healing my foot. I thank you for all the healing you've shown me over the years. I ask, Lord, you release your healing this morning among us. I pray, Lord, now, you know, if you have a healing need, just like you to stand now. Anything. I'm not going to pull you to the front. I'm not going to ask you to say what it is. So if it's personal, don't worry. If you have any healing need at all, just stand now. Lord Jesus, I ask that you will release your power across this room now. The Lord, we know you are willing to heal. You have the power to heal. And we live in the season. And I ask, Lord, you'll come with your power to heal every person in this room, total healing from every need they have. I pray, Lord, especially for joints this morning, anything to do with joints, back, spine, elbows, knees, ankles, anything to do with joints, with your power now, Lord, that you'll come and totally heal everyone who has any pain in their body. I pray, Lord, for long conditions, people who've been ill for 20, 30, 10, 15 years. I pray, Lord, that you'll come and take away all pain. We ask, Lord, that you will perform a miracle now in the powerful name of Jesus. So, Lord, I release your power now among everybody in this room that you will come to heal. I think what we do, I know the children out there, what we do, stay standing. And if, it, if two or three of you can go and stand by the people who want prayer, you've heard about, it. let's go quickly now so we don't like put the children under pressure. Um, children the Sunday school, get me out of here. Let's go and stand by a couple of people and let's just pray for them now that we all pray together. And then when we close the meeting, we'll continue to pray at the front. Okay. Right, I want you to, if you need healing, I'd like you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, heal me now because of the cross. You died for my sickness. Release your healing now. I receive it. Now I want you to pray for the person you're with. You don't plead with Jesus because he is willing. Okay, so you ask him to heal. You command healing in Jesus' name. Let's do that now. Lord Jesus, we ask that you will come with your power now and bring healing to every person. Heal bodies here today, Lord. We thank you that you love us. You have power to heal. I thank you that we live in a whole new kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that each of us are under your reign and rule. And I ask you to release your power now for healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Please take your seats. So what we're going to do at the end of the meeting, if you stood for healing and you're not yet healed or you're partially healed, you've seen a little bit of a difference, come to the front and we'll just pray for you. And if we don't have enough small group leaders, anyone else in the room who's been used in healing, please come and pray as well so we see uh, people healed today of their sickness. That would be great. Okay, thanks.